Hi, I'm Ben Chu. And I'm Jen Bullock. And I want to welcome you to the holiday edition episode of Med Spa Secrets. Today, we want to talk to you guys all about reviews. So reviews are super important, whether they're Google reviews or Facebook reviews or Yelp reviews. They build credibility for your business. They show that people actually go there and interact and get services and that people's peers and people that live in their area are seeing you and getting great results or they potentially tell a very different story if they're bad <laughs> reviews, right? Yes, absolutely. Bad reviews do happen and we want to talk to you today about what to do when they do. Obviously, every med spa owner, business owner is at some level keeping tabs on or keeping a pulse on the reviews that are coming in to their business always feels good. It's a nice little tire rush when you see somebody yeah. drop five star review and said something nice, but it can feel pretty not nice when you get a less than stellar review. Yes. Sometimes there are reviews that are totally justified. There are risks in aesthetics and sometimes even when we do our very best, bad things happen. And hopefully we don't have relationships with the patients that lead to poor reviews. Hopefully we're able to work through them. But sometimes bad reviews happen and they're totally not justified. We've done all the right things. The patient's just unreasonable. And sometimes they're not even reviews of patients that are Ours. It feels terrible. I know that when it's happened to me, I spend so much mental energy going over why it would be there, what I could have done differently. I see things posted in our forums all the time where people are saying, hey, what do I do in this situation? I just wanted to talk a little bit about what has worked for us today and give you some tools and tricks that can get you through the whole process. One of my big issues, or I guess probably the most painful review that I got happened with a patient who was non-compliant and it happened over the course of 2020. It started with the patient having a treatment before we even closed and during COVID we were closed down for two months. She kind of disappeared off the planet and then showed up about six months later after we'd already reopened and had some complications from a procedure that she never mentioned. I was kind of caught off guard. I took really good care of, got her through most everything. I did all the right things for her and then she got nasty and decided to continue to try and push. She left a nasty review. I was just couldn't even believe it. I'd put in so much time and energy and love into her and it felt awful. What we did through that process was essentially we hired some help but what it made me really think about was how could I avoid these kinds of things going forward because that's really what we should take from the feedback is how we can make sure it doesn't happen again because ultimately whether if it is somebody who's had a poor experience we don't want those experiences to continue to happen in our facility right absolutely like anything in the business the review process both for getting good reviews and new reviews and for handling poor reviews needs to be a process it needs to be systematized documented and implemented the same time every time as a system and I think the first thing to note, the most important thing probably in my mind to note, is the thing you don't want to do to start off the process, which is actually respond to the review in any sort of direct way. Because I think that when I see people post in the owner's forums and the aesthetics forums online, and when we've experienced bad reviews, I think it's super easy to take it personally and you almost feel yes. like attacked 
even yeah. though it's not necessarily even about you personally, it's about a business, you know, interaction. But then the first thing that people want to do when they feel attacked is that they want to defend themselves. And generally yeah. online, that takes the form of leaving your own comment or responding. Yeah. But if you respond in any way that actually says that they were a patient of yours, you have publicly disclosed that they were a patient of yours and you have violated HIPAA yes. by outing them. That can come back to bite you really quickly if, say, a medical board starts actually looking into the situation and okay. all of the details of it. So how do you think you should respond then? I think that our system, and the system that I think other people should follow or at <laughs> least kind of do a similar thing, is talking to the patient. It seems almost silly that talking to them would be the lion's share of the answer. The first thing people want to do is they just want to jump on and they want to start responding. Don't do it. Pick up the phone, have your staff pick up the phone, call them, talk to them, figure out if you can come up with some sort of a resolution. A lot of times people can and will even go in and edit or change a review if you turn yes. their unsatisfactory experience into a satisfactory experience. I know that Grant Cardone often says that he never looks at like complaints or bad feedback or bad reviews as problematic or bad even. He looks at them as an opportunity to either improve a situation or to maybe even make another sale because maybe they weren't happy with what they got and they actually need something else that will totally create a whole new dynamic and better situation for everybody and it just needed to be a conversation. But there are, to your point earlier, situations where you talk to someone and you do everything you could conceivably possibly do and they still just want to run you through the mud. The thing is, it really can start at consult. I think First and foremost, we can do a lot with our messaging. From the time somebody walks through the door, sometimes we get a sense from people that maybe they're just not a good fit. I think one of the things that I've learned over the years is I pay attention to the red flags when people are complaining about every previous procedure they've had or they're trying to bargain for the best deal in town or any of those kinds of things. So I think being willing to turn patients away if you don't really feel like they're going to be a good fit. I think that is a big part of just like the foundation of screening your patients and making sure that these are people that you want a relationship with. The other thing is being really clear with your messaging, making sure that they understand in their consent forms that there aren't refunds available, that not everybody has the ideal outcome. This is what we're hoping for, but that there's all these different pieces that go into levels of success. Sometimes no matter what I do, people aren't going to be happy. Those kinds of things. And being just really clear with the messaging. And hopefully you're able to screen out some of those guys. But if they slip through the cracks, really being able to utilize some of the things and the tools that we have at our disposal. So for us, um, first thing that I did when I got my nasty review is I challenged it with Google and I was like, hey, this is not a legitimate claim. This person is saying all of these terrible things and it's not true. Now sometimes Google will look at that and if they find that the claim is wrong or Yelp or whatever the thing, they will take it down. There are 
policies that patients or people are supposed to follow when they file a review, whether it's good or bad. They're not supposed to put your name specifically in there or make accusations to your character or anything like that. They could say essentially what their experience was, but as long as they are respectful, they should be able to leave it up there. If they're not, that's where you can ask to have it removed because their standards and what they have for their rules and regulations for what reviews should be. Thanks for helping me out there. The system is not just actually talking to them, though that's a key component of it. You also have to screen them ahead of time and make sure that they're someone that you should be treating even in the first place because you could be like right out of the gate setting yourself up. Yeah. for the bad review experience with somebody that you're never going to truly be able to make happy. Let's say that you've gotten to the point with somebody where they did slip through the cracks or maybe you didn't notice something or maybe despite everything seeming it was going to be great, it didn't turn out great and you did talk to them, you also talked to Google, you've not been able to resolve the one star or the two star situation. How do you then come back to the patient and then settle it with them? Things like refunding even when it maybe isn't even warranted and things yes. like that. That's um, always really painful. There's nothing worse than giving somebody back their money when you know that they've had a good outcome or you know that they aren't really justified. What I've learned is that sometimes it's cheaper for me, when I look at the mental space that it takes up, the amount of my time that I'm going back and forth, the amount of lost potential revenue in the future because this person is just, they want what they want and they're going to smear me or just leave their nasty stuff up, I would much rather just give them what they're asking for, be done with it. The, what we do is we have a form, it's a legal document, it's binding, they have to remove whatever negative review they have put up, they have to agree not to disparage the practice and we give them their money back and generally that's what they want. Thankfully those things happen so rarely. I've been in practice six years and I've had essentially two refunds uh -huh. in six years. Even though $4,000 or $5,000 is a painful loss, it was so much easier than the continued going back and forth with somebody or having, yeah, somebody... having to fight it out over long term or even going to court or suing them for defamation right. liable or anything like that can become very expensive very quickly um, and it's something that I think that most practices including us would want to avoid in all but the most extreme situations and I do some understand that sometimes people you do just have to protect your brand and protect your credibility and all of that and if somebody is totally defaming you and there's no way to settle with them then that totally is appropriate to take it to court but generally you're probably not going to want the re reputation as the clinic that sues their patients <laughs> right because that also is not something that is going to be just good pr it's just bad pr i think a, those are all great you know tactics and systems and kind of our general 30,000 foot view process for handling reviews that are not so awesome in the rare case that you do get them. But I think the overall strategy, aside from tactics, the strategy, my favorite strategy rather, for reviews or even bad reviews is getting so many five-star reviews that nobody even sees like the one stars or the two stars. Right. They just drown them out. Right. 
I do like on our Google reviews site we have I think currently over 300 five-star reviews and even though there is one or two one stars they don't even show up anymore as a rating so we were at 4.9 for a while and now we're at five stars all the way across the board like the one one star that's out there is somebody who no showed four times and we refused to schedule them a fifth time they tried to use a stolen credit card it's not really or something like that yeah. not to say that that's what the situation was with that one star review but those are the types of things that I'm not really worried about at this point because everything else is drowned out when you have hundreds of five-star reviews and a couple lower reviews it's just really a percentage thing right if you can get those low reviews down to where they're less than five percent or less than one percent of your total good reviews they're not even gonna register and people aren't even gonna see them drowning out the bad with the good should be your overall strategy right. even though you want some tools in your tool bag for dealing with the few bad reviews I've actually even heard some people say having one or two less than stellar things in there makes you look like you have a wide variety <laughs> and that most people just really think you're awesome and of course there's always going to be one or two people you can't please. I think that's, that's a totally viable way of looking at it because sometimes if something is too perfect it's almost unbelievable right and then you know I think as just kind of a couple of resources for dealing with the kind of bad review thing if that is something that you ever have to deal with and I hope it's not I do want to shout out um, the attorneys that are uh, linked up with AMSPA, the uh, Bear Dedito law mm -hmm. firm. They are fabulous. If you ever want to acquire representation to help you deal with a bad review situation. And then there are also, I believe now, some agencies out there that actually just like review management and reputation management is just 100% of what they do. We've mm -hmm. never used them, so I can't really speak to that, but I do know they're on your radar. They are, and I've seen people post about them and seen some really good results with that. Sometimes it can be challenging to get what you need, especially with some of the agencies like Google or Yelp. But one of the things that um, I know that has been really helpful for us is just having a subscription with the Medical Justice Program through Bird and Adato. And uh -huh. what they have is it's like a $79 fee, and they give you information. They manage your reviews, let you know if something pops up. And then they have forms and things like that that they can help you. If you needed help with the negotiation with the patient sometimes um, having that is super helpful and they're available for that as well overall bad reviews can happen it's a bummer when they do but there's lots of things that you can do to make it better and to survive the whole process and just a little bonus holiday gift for you rather is so how did we get to over 300 five-star reviews and the surprising secret is ask your patients <laughs> for them so I'm not gonna get into the whole like systemized process that we have for uh, making sure that every patient that is vibing good with the practice gets a request for a five-star review. We'll save that for another episode sometime, but I do want you to know that you can easily get hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews for your med spa practice by simply asking your patients. So happy holidays, everyone. We'll see you next time on our next med spa secrets.